Hi, you're listening to Ask Your Dad, don't ask me why, this podcast is named that, we're gonna give out advice for free, though we're not trained professionally, and you're gonna listen, cause we're your dads. Welcome to another episode of Ask Your Dad, Slow Jams. Well, Herman, you've done it now. Karma's must come to tap you on the shoulder. All the lying that's been festering, plus breaking and entering, is coming now to crush you like a boulder. You ruined everything, you stupid bitch. You ruined everything, you stupid, stupid bitch. You're just a poopy little slut who ruins things and wants the world to burn, bitch. You're a stupid bitch and lose some weight. Hello, Internet. That was a song dedicated to myself because while recording this episode, we had a little bit of audio issues, but my dumbass um, in the first large chunk of the man cave segment did not record a lot of what was said so we're gonna cut in there's still a lot of episode don't get me wrong there's still a little bit of man cave segment and a whole lot of other shit but we missed a little bit so it's gonna kind of cut in at a random place but on this episode we have sydney featured as a stepdad we're about to talk about beyonce just a forewarning let's get into it as i was saying i really think that it's 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 going to be a great month because Beyonce is coming and I can look forward to that outside of all of the other bullshit. You sounded surprised, though. Did you not know that Beyonce was coming this month? Okay, so I did listen to your last episode with Ten. Okay. So I, like, had an idea, but I was pretty sure that you had said Beyonce was going to release it, like, after, is it Chloe's? Mm-hmm album so mm-hmm. i was waiting on a like fall update from you about beyonce See, right i wasn't expecting it now that's the tea right i thought that beyonce wouldn't release anything this summer because chloe has been releasing singles this summer mm-hmm. but then i remembered and we joke about this then that chloe has been very much saying like oh it feels like a summer album but and i think the reasoning why i think that probably the initial goal was to release chloe's album this summer but when Beyonce decided that she was going to release her album this summer, they were like, okay, no. <laughs> we'll just keep on releasing singles and we can put Chloe's album out later. I think in the in-between, because it's a two-part album. We're getting Act 1 this month, which is 16 songs, called Renaissance. And then I think there's going to be a second part, either later this year or next year. And I think in the in-between of the two albums is when Chloe's album will drop, probably. Aha. Uh-huh. This makes so much sense, honestly. Mm-hmm. So you haven't heard the lead single? Mm-mm. It's so good. It's very housey and fun and very much written for queer people. And I think that that's great. I'm so ready. I'm so it's ready. It's really good. I want you to, I, I want to see, Are you, you're not on your phone right now. You're on your computer, right? Yeah, I'm on a computer. I want to see your live reaction to the album cover. So I want you to just Google Beyonce Renaissance. Okay. Oh, this is so fun. Being, being a member of the Beehive is like, it's the best membership in the world, you know? It's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> the gift. I always forget that they're called the Beehive. 
Yeah. Renaissance. God, I'd be so good if I could spell, I guess. Renaissance is hard to spell, right? Yeah. Mama is trying to teach y'all vocabulary. She's getting y'all ready for the spelling bee. <gasps> spelling bee. Mama on a horse. Mama on a horse. She said, I'm going to take y'all to Houston and take y'all to space at the same time. Literally. Uh, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> she looks so good and like, like so otherworldly, but also like, so like, mm, she just mm. looks so good. This is so Chef's cool. It's, just, it's, it's hot. It's culturally relevant. It's here. It's now. It's very exciting. I'm super excited for it. So that's one thing that's this keeping me so cool. grounded in a realm full of chaos. Another thing that's keeping me grounded is the Minions movie, which I saw last night. <gasps> stop, stop. I've been seeing commercials everywhere for it. And I'm like, mm, we got things to focus on. We need to not. But every time I see it, I'm like, mm, mm, look up. I'm, I'm closer to looking at movie tickets and telling one of my friends, hey, guess what? Sucks to suck, we're going to see Minions, and you're going to like it. Suck. I mean, here's the thing, right? I was told that we were going to go see Minions. I have a Minion-like wardrobe. I got a lot of yellow. I got a lot of denim. It's very easy. So I said, mm -hmm. I'm going to just pretend that I was invited to the Minions premiere, and I'm going to dress up. So I had my little yellow crappie toppy. I had my blue bell bottoms, which are thematically relevant for this film because it takes place in the 70s, I'm pretty sure. Because when Gru is a little kid. so That makes sense. There's literally a character, one of the villains is named Bell Bottom. Voiced by Taraji <laughs> B. Henson. And it's really cute. Um, why did you look like that? <laughs> I feel like I've heard that name before. Um, she's, an, she's, she's an icon. She's, um, I'm trying to think of something recently that she's been in. She's in Wreck-It Ralph 2. She's okay, the internet lady in Wreck-It Ralph 2. Um, That's, there was a whole argument. Basically, when you go to grad school, sure, you think you're talking about your topic. We're all weird nerds with specific interests. And one of my friends has a very interesting obsession with, like, the, you know, like, the Siri type thing. So, like, Alexa, Siri. Siri, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Cortana. Automated stuff, yeah. And he's, like, super into, like, analyzing, like, the cartoon and movie, the new era. Apparently, it's a really big thing. Like, the new era of, like, what your internet lady is. Mm, yeah. And so he was super obsessed with the fact that this movie got all those rights to be able to use, like, the different voices. Because there's that mm. part in Wreck-It Ralph 2 where she's like, I am everyone. I am Siri, Cortana, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, do you know how much that, that cost them? To no. get all those, just Wreck that, that Ralph second in blip? general is a very expensive <laughs> film to make for that reason. They have to get the rights for so many different things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he's, like, obsessed with her, and basically, like, he told me what her name was, and I was like, okay, cool. And it, like, you know, when it hits your brain, and then it goes in the background, mm -hmm. and then you said it again, and I was like, hmm. Yeah, it was hmm. a little ching. <laughs> <laughs> I know things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. sorry. I didn't mean I didn't mean to make that face out loud. No, you're good. And she she gives it in this Minions movie as well. One of the most likable things about this movie. The other really likable thing about this movie is this very specific minion, Otto. I really like Otto. 
He's not he's not in the core three. He's a little bit of an outcast, but he has a little bit of an arc this movie that's enjoyable to watch. Shout out Otto, the little chubby minion. I like him. He's great. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's all I have to say about the minions. Um, it was a children's movie for sure. That's all I have to say about that. Do you have any um, things that are keeping you grounded in this this tantalizing time? No, tantalizing is positive. I don't want to say tantalizing. In this... <laughs> politically decadent time um i get i mean i'm gonna be real honest I this sounds like a bitch who don't any... have any self-care at all <laughs> <laughs> the way she had to think I about think... it <laughs> i i have been having a time to say the least mm-hmm. um but but long story short in order to do my research i needed to find like these specimens like specific species three of them but it's been so hot in alabama which is a norm it's yeah. a norm yeah but the difference is is it's usually humid here and it's been dry like arizona type dry mm, and uh, no, arizona dry hot heat. and alabama hot are very different yeah humid so hot is different alabama wildlife we're not used to it so n- there's nothing here i would put out traps and i'd go like looking i sat in more than one salt marsh and just sobbed because i could not find these animals Aww. and it might have meant that i like needed to change my whole project but we just had like i don't know four or five days of like heavy hard tropical like tropical storm type rain mm. and one of those days i went out and finally found all three of my species in droves like big not juveniles like big boys of them um and the one i'm particularly interested in is like these snails they're called periwinkle snails cute they're very cute i finally found them i only needed 60 but i went out with one of the undergrad field trips and a bunch of them helped me grab them so now i have almost 200 (laughs) cute that sounds like sims and sims you can collect frogs (laughs) <laughs> stop i would collect frogs if they weren't gonna like try to eat me fair frogs here in alabama are like mm, let me go ahead and take your toe off and i'm like no Ew. thanks bud uh-uh. they're huge they're Ew. always like and they're so aggressive i feel like this is a good moment for us for you to explain to the audience where you are and what you do because i just oh. realized like out of context people are probably like is this bitch a scientist and she is but <laughs> yeah this bitch is a scientist so um i guess professionally my name is armorel eason um i go to south uh, alabama university in alabama um in the united states and i work on an island called dauphin island sea lab or i guess dauphin island and i work at the dauphin island sea lab um which is like a 13 mile long island uh just off the coast of alabama in the gulf of mexico um, and I'm a master's student, so my current project, um, I guess what it completely boils down to is, like, proving that the universal fear molecule exists. Work. Um, so my major is environmental toxicology, and I need these specimens to test that theory, um, to kind of prove that that's what we're leaning towards. Um, so I gotta go collect, uh, shrimp and killifish and snails and clams and juvenile blue crabs and brown shrimp 
mm-hmm. uh, because that's what's required for this project. It's a very involved master's project. Um, but uh, I've never been anything short of an overachiever, and I sure is not going to stop now. It is her strength and also her weakness. You're absolutely correct. It is so true. Me and Sydney actually met from, drumroll, you guessed it, being RAs. As Ooh. many of the stepdads on this show are or were. And um, we were RAs in the COVID year. So, or the, we were RAs in the year that wasn't COVID and then became COVID. So, you know, unique bonds happen when that happens. The transition zone. <laughs> the transition zone. <laughs> We literally lived through the transition zone together. True. We were, it was, a lot of people left. (laughs) A lot of people got the fuck out of there, as they should. But, uh, me, you, Denton. Tatum. 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 Yeah. I love Tatum. I see her all over my Instagram. I love a good Tate. I hate Mm -hmm. a good Tate, but I love a good Tate, you know? (laughs) You know? That's my sister. I'd be bullying her. She don't even reply to me bully her anymore. She just accepts it. She just leaves it be. What was her most... Hold on. I have to find it. Because I thought it was funny. Hold on. It was a recent Instagram Instagram post. Where is it? Where is it? Tatum, Tatum, Tatum. Tatum, Tatum, Tatum. Let me say it. Tell the people what you know. Maybe it wasn't Instagram. Maybe it was TikTok. It was TikTok. I'm not going to find it. Because she posts a lot on TikTok. <laughs> but I just, I'm always negging her because I love her so much and I need to keep her humble so she doesn't oh. become a Charlie D'Amelio or something. <laughs> <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I'm just like, Tatum, I'm a number one tater tot. I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, girl, if you were Mm-mm. a fruit, they'd call you a pineapple. Mm-mm. See, and you are the reason why I need to bully her. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you gotta have people that like lift you up, and you gotta have people <laughs> that punch bring you back, back down. down. Yeah, mm-hmm. precisely. Speaking of punching <laughs> people down, um, I don't know why I said that as if I had a transition ready. I absolutely did not have a transition ready. <laughs> I'm just gonna look in my notes real quick and make sure that we covered everything that we want to cover. <gasps> okay, sorry. Oh, Love Island UK came back on, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And now they're airing the episodes on Hulu, finally. Which, I almost wish that they didn't, because Love Island USA starts on, I think, like, the 18th of July or whatever. And I don't want to be split between two worlds, but I'm going to be. Which is, like, you know, it's tough. Maybe I'll take a break from UK while USA is on, and then finish UK after. But I feel like by the time USA comes on, they're going to be at Castle Moor or something. It's going to be drama, and I'm going to want to keep up. And I'm, Love Island is just going to consume my being so i just wanted to start by warning you guys all of that if i talk about love island every week it's because i'm gonna be attacked from all directions with love island content also some people from my favorite season of usa love island season two and some other seasons but i don't know them people as well are going to be on not survivor the challenge which is a reality game show where they take all of these reality stars from different shows and pit them against each other in all of these really intense physical activities. And two of my favorite Love Islanders ever, Selly and Justine, are going to be on it. So I'm really excited to watch it. So there's just a lot of Love Island stuff going on. But anyway, 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 back to Love Island UK. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to briefly roast the Love Island UK producers 
I'm only in the first week still, I think, because I'm on episode like five. So I think I'm still, I'm on like the weekend of the first week, I want to say. Why the fuck? (laughs) If you wanted to put a 19-year-old girl, Mm -hmm. specifically, on a season Mm -hmm. of Love Island, which I'm pretty sure is the youngest girl to ever be on Love Island, I could be wrong. But I remember in season six, Finn being 20 years old was like a big deal. People were like, wow, he's so, so young. So I feel like a girl being 19 is like a bigger deal. Should be. Anyway. I think last season, Toby was also... No, Toby was 20, I think. No, Toby was like my age. I think Toby was my age. Let's ask the internet. Let's ask the internet. Did you watch that season, by the way? I did. Also, Toby... That boy. (laughs) (laughs) Just watching him and watching the girls just, like, let him get by. mm, Some people raise my blood pressure, and he's one of them. (laughs) Yeah. He acted a little sleazy. He was so likable, and then he got a little sleazy. And then he was, like, (sighs) bruh, first of all, you cannot get upset that that's how the world perceives you and then get upset at how the world perceives you like do you remember when he was with i'm pretty sure he was with chloe when it happened and he was like he was like oh i'm just mad i'm just mad that like you know the outside like the public Mm -hmm. view of me like that And then Chloe was like, I mean, it shouldn't really matter. It's like you and I, right? And he was yeah. like, well, well. And she was like, well, what do you mean? Like, it's it's you and I, right? We're a team. And he was like, well. And then she started questioning, like, are you even here for love? That made me feel right. real weird. Right. And then when it happened with, the, like, the other, I forgot who was after Chloe or whatever. All I know is that he they He ends were up with game. Chloe okay. again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, all I know is that they're ending. But he brought a girl anyway, from Love next from, girl, from Casa Amor. I'm pretty sure. Yes. And then they played the, was it the tweet game or, Mm -hmm. no, they played some kind of public game, whatever. And she was upset. She was, she felt really hurt by that, which like, sure, that tweet was kind of shitty. Love Mm. Island producers. Why? That game is so messy. (laughs) (laughs) It's very messy. But she was upset. Her feelings were hurt. And he had the absolute audacity to fuck go off on her because the public viewed her that way. Like Crazy. Sir, you're a hypocrite. Ridiculous. Shut up. Anyway, I was asking the internet what, what it knew. Um, youngest Love Island UK star? Mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's going to be Gemma. That's that's the girl from this season. She's... Yeah, she is the youngest contestant. Um, Golly. Oh, closely followed by Molly May. Was Molly May that young when she was on it? She was like Apparently. 20, probably. I do vaguely remember that. She turned 20 in the villa. Damn. According to this. How old was Tommy at that time? I want to say he was already. 20. Yeah. yeah, he was. Because he's he like was already age. 20. Yeah. He was already 20 before he got in the villa. Okay, see, that's not as egregious. She turned 20 in the villa. Which kind of goes to my point, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to put. A girl that's so young, this should not also be the season where you're putting very older men. There are two Mm -hmm. in the beginning of this season. When Gemma comes in, there's already one guy who's 27. And then the bombshell who comes in is also 27. And both of them were immediately interested in her. 
because she's an attractive she's an attractive girl but yeah. my issue is knowing that that's a possibility why would you not it shouldn't be this huge range of age in the villa yeah. i think personally Especially if you're gonna if everybody's gonna be above 20 then it's like that's a little bit better i'll accept that right but if you're gonna have people teenagers. below yeah if you're gonna have teenagers in the fucking villa let's you know let's shrink the age the age range a little bit which like okay i know that this is like a weird concept but i'm extremely aware that love island is like a family show like it's a family like families will get together during the summer to watch it yeah so like these teenage girls they're like 15 16 17 are watching basically a girl their age she could mm-hmm. be in their friend group. Yeah, literally. Get with an older man. They could have this been is the televising predatory behavior. Mm-hmm. And nobody. It, I, the worst part, mm-hmm. and I don't know if anybody in the villa has said it, and they just edited it out. Nobody in the villa has brought it up. That's weird. Nobody in the villa has been like, hmm. Except for some new girls came in, and Gemma got upset because one of the girls was saying oh this could be like my little sister and this was the first girl to ever say something like that and she was like i don't like it she's like looking down upon me i don't like that and she also wants my man so i don't like that and i'm like low-key normally like the girl who comes in is like fuck everybody i don't want to be friends with anybody um i just want to like get a man or whatever normally i don't really like those girls but i was like i respect that she's the first person to acknowledge Gemma's age because it is relevant in a dating game yeah it's very relevant like my little sister is starting to date. She's 15. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we built that Love Island bond between us. And like, I love my little sister. So I was like, you want to see something stupid? A stupid reality show? Let's watch this. It's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look, it, they're so funny. Like, all this fun stuff. We're going to watch this to make our lives feel better. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to watch this. Th- this season in particular now. Right. I'm going to put a block on my Hulu. She cannot <laughs> access it. I don't want her 15, almost 16-year-old brain to go, I can date a 27-year-old man because this girl who is only three years older than me is doing the same. Yep, I'm allowed to do that. Absolutely not, baby doll. And we are like, dating men our age. Men are always going to be pursuing Gemma. So there's a very low chance that Gemma's going to go home. So mm-hmm. my hope is that they started off with these two older guys early on. And then all of the guys following are going to be a little bit younger. I think that that would be nice. Like, if Casa Moore is all, like, 30-year-olds or something, I'm going to be like, let's be serious, everyone. What the fuck are we doing here? You know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're, like, they're like, we thought it through. Did you? Like, Did y'all don't want to do Gay Love Island, <laughs> but you want to promote this? Really? Predatory. Really? It's predatory. <laughs> it's interesting. I want to be a Love Island producer so bad, so I hope I didn't burn any bridges by roasting you guys, but... I think it would be so fun. I hope not. <laughs> listen, listen. I think there would be so much... There would there would be way more fun and entertaining things. I just think there's so much fun stuff and challenging stuff they can do because Love Island in of itself is a social experiment. And I think having non-scholars utilize Love Island is wasted. It's a wasted opportunity. <laughs> I think so. I think that some scholars could really get in and make this like a really great commentary about love and relationships and also respect the people inside and their autonomy and also their safety. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, like oh, I remember one, one of the seasons, one of the guys was talking about how like one summer in Love Island, 
was basically like the equivalent of a year in a relationship yeah and that's why it's like so intense when they break up or they leave because it's like you spent every single waking moment with this person like and that doesn't happen in real life no time that you should have been able to have spread out like it was just all compact and you're dating within a friend group which is a whole Mm -hmm. other level that adds to relationship that they rarely talk about on the show yeah that i hate that i okay i dated in a friend group one time and it destroyed our dynamic i will not be doing it again and i advise other people not to do it like it's it's weird it's weird and sometimes it hurts more than just the two people Mm -hmm. inside the relationship like it Mm -hmm. is it can be like messy and terrifying and no matter how badly like not sometimes not even how well the breakup goes like how clean the split is or how amicable you try to be it's gonna get weird it's gonna get weird uh. and that's why i love people like justine and Sally from season two of the in usa because them being best friends outside of the villa living together moving to la together doing all of this stuff their careers are so closely intertwined is like really beautiful and really a lot of those girls from that season are still very close and i think that's really beautiful because this show the way that it's set up if you walk out of there with like if you walk out of there with a relationship whoa (laughs) you really fucking beat the odds because not only were you in this like nuclear group of people like boom 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 dating each other swapping saliva all that shit talking shit about each other you were also doing all of that in front of all of america Mm -hmm. your parents watched your whole relationship develop they have opinions about everyone you dated on the show you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so to come out of it with a relationship is crazy to come out of it with a friendship is also like super beautiful and so i really respect people who have been able to curate that i think it's awesome um yeah yeah i love i love love island except when i get to the point where i've told you about the nightmares that i have right on love island you've had nightmares about love island okay so sometimes i get a little too locked on to love island Mm -hmm. and when i start having the dreams about love island that's kind of like my cue to take a break you need Mm -hmm. to take a break Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like the the reoccurring ones are like um it's family day oh i love and i'm jay chilling i'm like i'm like hanging out well probably in the pool or something and all i hear is my baby brother and he's like mimi and you know he's a big boy now like he's a whole middle schooler but every single time he's like a little one in this he's like i don't know six seven and he's running at me and i'm always like you're here and then i catch him and but like my whole family comes in but i know that's not how that works they used and to before covid it used to be like that it used to be like a whole a whole crew running in <laughs> and then i have another horrifying reoccurring dream where like every time like a new girl comes in my man gets stolen and i'm vulnerable and single but like somebody from the friend group saves me and is like it's like oh yeah i've like always thought about you this way and i'm like okay like we can try again and like i keep doing this revolving door where i'm like i'm the core five but like i'm still in danger consistently and constantly until at one point somebody like yells at me and is like grow some balls like figure yourself out what do you want and i was like i don't want to stand in anybody's way and then i wake up and i'm like 
<gasps> I hate confrontation. <laughs> I hate, I hate that. Anyway, I I've need, decided I need to go. If I were to be on Love Island, I would either want to be in the core initial group, which <laughs> is kind of like the bottom of what I would want to do. I would either want to be in the core initial group or I would want to come in with like another boy who I share something in common with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because I feel like those those are my best chances of doing well. I'm not getting picked in Casa more. I know that to be true. I need to either be in the beginning so that the audience supports me, empowers me through Love Island, or I need to come in like as a as a team with someone kind of thing. Okay, hot take. Mm-hmm. If I were to be on Love Island, I want to be introduced in the situation where there are, I guess, I bring in two boys with me. You oh, know how that's yeah. sometimes a thing? It's I like, like that. two boys I and like a girl. I like it when they do a, like a mismatch of gender. I like that. Mm-hmm. But there are, like, it's a girl's choice event. Because mm. the thing is, the thing that I've noticed is, like, if it's hard for you to get somebody in the first recoupling since you're there, you are more than likely going to be sent home. So if I can mm-hmm. guarantee myself that, like, pick that, the man. like, oh, I, I picked someone. I'm not, like, waiting to get picked. Yeah. True. Yeah. And I know naturally in a setting, I'm an observer. And I, that sounds really bad to say, but I tend to be the person that people come to, like, tell the things to. And I hear everything. And I always, like, have it in the back of my mind. So I'm not worried about, like, messing up dynamics because I would find the one person that needs to be paired out. And I wouldn't have an issue. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to break up a couple. Part of how you stay in the villa is you make friends with the villa. That's true, because then people support you. There's a white boy, a skinny mm-hmm. white boy, every fucking season who gets shitted on in the beginning and then gets pulled <laughs> through all the way to Castle Moor. And then they still find a way to fuck it up once they're at Castle Moor. I still don't, I still don't understand that. I still don't get it. I don't get it. Every year, like, without fail. <laughs> but like, I just... I... I know that sounds so bad. Like, you're supposed to be on the island for love. If I'm going on that island, I want you to understand that there is... I have decided there is no chance for love anymore. I am here. I'm here to do the bare minimum. (laughs) I have decided I want a life change, and I'm ready to be in the spotlight. Fair. Fair. I'm not looking for love. I'm looking for someone to, to have fun and hang out and vibe with, and that maybe will see me outside the villa. Like, if he calls, I honestly, it's been so many years since somebody has taken the money. I think that's only happened in the first season of UK. Mm-hmm. I think that's would be my... I shouldn't... Let me not put that into the universe. That's going to come back to bite me. But I think <laughs> it would be funny. <laughs> I think it would be funny to go into the villa, be like a really stand-up person, make friends with everyone, maybe get like a really good connection, make it get voted all the way to the end, and take the money. Because it'd be so unexpected. You would come out of the villa such a villain. Your life would be changed forever, but you would have so much money. People would hate you. But you would have People so much money. Hate you. But you would have so but much money. But you'd be rich. You would be so rich. Uh, okay, actually, speaking of couples that we thought we were stand-up, they were perfect, they were great, on the Toby season, mm-hmm. Jake and Liv? Question mark? Have Jake you seen Liv. the news about that? Are they back together or something? No, but did you like all that 
Did you did you know anything? Did you follow anything about that? Like after they left the villa? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So while I was watching that season, a friend of mine I love her, but I'm a poker in the eyes. She accident she had finished it before me because mm-hmm. she got a little obsessed with it. And she accidentally let slip that they broke up. Like before I had reached that episode. Oh. And like I had, like, kind of thought about it. They looked like they were getting there. There were, like, some yeah, weird Jake's issues happening. Yeah, Jake's a fucking happening. megalomaniac. I hate that guy. Yes. <laughs> and he likes feet. It's always the men that like feet. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, I guess once they got outside the villa, he tried to do the whole, like, I'm a nice guy. She made this choice act. Like, I would have stayed with her if possible. Ew, uh... And then she got her modeling contract, right? Work. And people all over that were from the seasons of Love Island, like Work libs. they were like, yes, yes, yes. Like she's so great, she's so gorgeous. And I guess he was recorded like saying like he's happy for her or whatever, but he didn't really understand her like how she model? got a modeling contract. Mm-hmm. Why would you say that about someone who you were dating for a really long time and you were wholly obsessed with? No, you weren't even wholly obsessed. You weren't even wholly obsessed. No. Because he talked shit about her appearance the entire time that he was on the show. The entire time. It just, it like, he was like, I've changed. Like, I don't feel that way anymore. Bruh. X, Y, Z. And then you followed it up with that track. You had so much time to grow and learn before this little, like, Mm -hmm. thing came out. And you're still the same. It proves a point. It It proves a point. It do. It made me mad. That's all I got to say about that. Anyway, we could really talk about Love Island forever, but mm-hmm. we'll never get to advice if we do. <laughs> so we're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we will do the titular segment, Ask Your Dad. See you soon. Ask Your Dad. Hello, we are back, 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 back for the titular segment, Ask Your Dad, bitch. Segment where <laughs> the very weak bitch. You know the you know that TikTok sound. It's from Twenty One Jump Street. And it's like we're Twenty One Jump Street, and we're about to we're about to jump right in your ass. And then <laughs> and then the guy goes, "Yeah, right in the crack." <laughs> I do. Oh, I think that's so funny. I okay. I make references to TikToks, and I. At grad school, I have transitioned from being like the oldest in undergrad to being the youngest in this generation. Mm. I'm a baby to these people. Mm. I am 23 years old. The closest grad student to me is 26. Oof. So I'm a child to them. So I'll make TikTok references and they're like, these kids and their TikTok. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, wow. <laughs> but you're only a few years older than me. What you mean, Jelly Bean? I don't get it. <laughs> no, I mean I work. I work. Everybody is significantly older than me, and they all know all the TikTok stuff. Guess it's just an industry thing, babes. Guess it's just an industry yeah. thing. It, it's just the plan, babe. It's just the plan. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do right. it. I, I really can't. So, if you personally, uh, listener, have a uh, thing that you need help with, you can send us an email at justaskyourdad at gmail or you could DM us on Instagram or on Twitter. Ask Your Dad Pod is both of those handles. In the meantime, um, somebody did send in something from Reddit. Um, a very popular "Am I the Asshole?" So we'll start with that. We'll just flip things on its head, I guess. 
Um, I think it would be cute since we talked about a lot of Love Island to do Love Island people for our naming theme yes. this week. Do you have a a man? Tommy. A man. Tommy. Oh, I love me some Tommy Fury. I also just love mm. the name Tommy in general. We know a lot of great Tommies. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've met a bad mm-hmm. Tommy yet. So Mm-mm. keep that up. I met a female Tommy the other day, actually. <gasps> Cute. And she was just as perfect as every other male Tommy I've ever met. So. Cute. Okay. <laughs> On to this. Am I the asshole for storming off from my sister's wedding after she dead named my son? I already said no, you're not the asshole. I'm a 45 year old single father of three. The mom died 10 years ago. I have three sons a 17 year old named Andrew, a 15 year old named Connor, and a 14 year old named Max. Connor was born female, he is trans. He came out as trans five years ago, and now he has socially transitioned, but not physically. My sister, who's 38, just got married. Me and my sons were also invited. My family has known that Connor is trans for two years now. Some have adjusted well, some not so much. My sister is pretty indifferent about it. Her wedding was really super well organized to the last detail. She wanted all the men to wear shirts and ties and the women to wear sundresses. I texted her a picture of our outfits the day before the wedding, and she said, where's Nia's dress? I was a bit surprised and told her to not dead name my son, and that he'll be wearing a shirt and a tie like the rest of the men and his family. Or they will not, or we will not be coming. She said fine, and that was about it. At the reception, my sister got mad that Connor was wearing a tie, but didn't say much after that. When we sat down at our table, the card said Nia. Oof. I went to my sister, and she said that she used the real name. I told her, me and my boys are leaving. And she told me, don't you dare cause a scene at my wedding. Nia can be a guy on any other day. I called her a bigot and we left. My family says I ruined her wedding. Uh, she ruined her wedding. <laughs> she ruined her wedding. Um, sorry that you feel that you get to have everything the way that you want it. But your desires don't get to dictate other people. Literally. And it's like a dumb desire, a desire that has nothing to do with your wedding at all. Like, damn, girl, you really want to, like, destroy your relationship with your nephew? First of all, props to the dad. He Mm -hmm. said, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. This is my son. and You will will treat him as such. I love, I love that. I wish every transgender child had a parent that could actually fight for them or would fight for them. But, like... Sure, I guess don't have a relationship with your nephew because you're a bigot and a jerk. Go off, sis. You really did something there. Mm-mm. I can't. Mm-mm. I can't. Uh. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I get, I get hot. <laughs> I get hot. Transphobia is like happen. so. It's tired. Mm-hmm. Are we not tired? Let's move on. Let people just do what the fuck they want to do. Especially a child. Literally you know what I mean? a child. Like, um, so what happened? Like, I just, I can't. I can't. I want, I want to help people wrap their brains around it. Like, if you are uncomfortable with something on you, like, if you're, if you're a man and you're being forced to wear a dress all the time, that would make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That would make you very uncomfortable. Who wants to be uncomfortable at a fucking wedding? Weddings are not already a, a little bit person. uncomfortable. 
I don't want to be. Person. I don't want to be crawling out of my skin at a wedding. Exactly. There's like first of all, too many people. I can smell all the food, and it don't smell good. I can smell the dance floor. I can smell your sweat. People. Are I don't need the dress on top of it. People are gonna be drunk. It's it's too much. Yep. Family drama is always prevalent at weddings. Mm-hmm. Let me so at like, least be my fucking self while I am experiencing all of these things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I I just. Mm, how come you care so much about what other people are doing? And the thing that's craziest to me is that, like, a shirt and a tie are not even exactly the most fucking masculine thing in the world. No. <laughs> like, Absolutely not. If you wanted in your little bigoted mind to just continue perceiving your nephew as your niece, you could still do that, even with, even with him being in a shirt and a tie. But whatever. Yeah. Anyway, whatever, Tommy, you are a gold star father. We love you. Thank you for setting up our you. our advice segment with some sense. We love dads that yes. are good dads. Happy belated Father's Day, Tommy. You Happy belated Father's Father Day. Of the year. You, you certainly have. Okay. On to the next one. Saved, saved, saved. Gotta get into my saved things. Okay. So, we could do... <laughs> we could do... I'll let you choose... Social media, social gatherings, or restaurants? Mm, social media. For social media. Okay, for 500. Okay, I'm going to call this person. I don't think that it says gender, but I'm assuming it's a dude. I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him gonna call him there's a name that's on my tongue but i want to make sure that i say it right ikenna we're gonna call him ikenna he's someone from this current season um ikenna says how to stop checking your ex's social media it's been five months since we last talked and i still check her social media but unlike the previous months i don't check them every hour i only check them whenever i think of her i rarely think of her now to be honest i have lost all my feelings for her and i don't hate her anymore I don't care whatever she's on with her life, but I just can't stop checking her account from time to time. Whenever I stalk her, it's like I'm stalking a stranger, a complete stranger. She's just so normal to me now, so why do I still stalk her? I guess it's become a habit. Can anyone give me some advice on how to stop stalking this person? Akenna? I feel like there's some subconscious <laughs> things happening, buddy. Um, I guess if you want to stop checking her socials, get rid of them. Ooh, you could also just, you could, you could block her. <laughs> yeah, literally block her. Un- unfriend her, unadd her, mm-hmm. block her. I don't know, girl. There's a lot of options. It kind of just seems like you don't want to. Yeah. I have a friend that, this is just for context, because I think some people have like a bad taste in their mouth about blocking. Um, It's social media. It's not real life. You're not erasing this person. It's just mm-hmm. you don't want to see their social media anymore so that you can move on with your time. I have a friend who I was really close friends with in high school who the relationship slowly got separated because we all went to different schools. And to me, it seemed like they kind of found a new click, so to speak, so to speak, and kind of like separated from our core high school friend group. Recently, for my birthday, I went on a trip for my birthday. I just said for my birthday twice. That's cute. Uh, To Disneyland. And I 
wanted to invite as many friends from high school as possible on this birthday trip because it was like a full weekend of activities and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I specifically invi- invited people who I knew would say yes, one, and that I had rapport with. I don't want to invite someone to my birthday weekend that I don't really know anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I can see how I very much marketed it as like, oh, this is like a high school reunion of my friend group kind of thing. Because I did the whole vlog and everything, and I was like posting all the pictures and stuff like that, right? Sometime after the trip, some of us noticed that we were blocked by this friend. And I was kind of upset about it at first, because I was taking it as like a attack kind of thing. Because I was mm-hmm. like... We don't talk. <laughs> so if, if, if you blocked me because you weren't invited on this trip, it doesn't make sense. But then I stepped away from it for a little bit and I thought about like, I don't know, how, how many miscommunications can happen and how many like, it can hurt to see kind of like all of these people who you really love or you really care about are so close friends and you're on the outside of it and how it could be easier to just kind of like, you know, block them all out. And then I moved on from it. I don't even think about it anymore. So saying all that to say, I think there's a negative connotation with blocking. But I think if it's helpful for you, it doesn't matter about really the other person kind of thing. But it seems like you're unbothered already. You're just bothered. You're just questioning yourself why you still go and check this quote unquote strangers social media now. Yeah, I feel like mm, it's like I have friends or I. Yeah, I mean. When I transition places, one of the things that I do to, like, fully transition is, like, go through my social media and kind of, like, Marie Kondo that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, does this person spark joy? No! <laughs> Unad. <laughs> so, like, I have a few of, like, even our friend group that I just no longer have on my socials. Oh, I unfollowed RAs like the fucking, woo, I was going through that oh. bitch like it was Kill Bill. Oh. I was unfollowing everybody. <laughs> I think, I think there is like, there's you, Tatum. I don't follow anybody from my first haul year. Mm. Yeah, well, that was a terrible year. You should unfollow all of them. Fuck those people. <gasps> um, oh, my third year. I follow, oh god, what's her name? All I know is she was great, and she was doing her clinicals at the same time that she was doing her ride-alongs, at the same time she was RAing. Crazy. See, but some, I don't follow her Some resident fiance. assistants are just a different fucking breed, bro. Mm-hmm. Different fucking breed. Y'all got a lot of fucking time on your hands. I was barely a good RA last year. <laughs> I was barely even, like, doing my job. And some of you are doing your job and fucking raising a family and fucking solving world Literally. hunger. Like, whoa. <laughs> Like, okay, sometimes I would just watch other RAs from other halls, and I'm like, girl, when do you sleep? Do you? Do you? <laughs> I don't think so. Because <laughs> if I was going to do one like thing, it. bitch, I was going to go the fuck to sleep. If I'm not on call and Amen. shit is going on and I'm trying to sleep, I'm going to go to fuck to sleep. But also my <laughs> residents my last year were kind of scared of me because I just had no relationship with any of them. So I was just like the authoritative RA on our floor. Like Ryan was like the, everybody likes Ryan. And then I took the mm-hmm. role of like, fuck you guys, <laughs> do what you're supposed to fucking do. Cause it was the middle of fucking COVID and I was getting tired of the same Rick and Marole. You guys are doing the same shit. Yeah. You know that you're not supposed to be doing this shit. When I see you, I gotta write it up. Come on, right? So I would just yeah. open my door. I would hear loud voices and I would just open my door and everybody would scurry. And then I would just close my door and go back to fuck the bed. <laughs> 
first year here, like when I was doing RA stuff here, it's a, I, okay. It's different from Alabama to NAU. This girl was like, oh yeah, my boyfriend brought his gun on campus. And I was like, you can't (laughs) do that. Like immediately started like, you can't do that. The other RA put her hand on my shoulder and I was like, and she was like, okay, just make sure he lets the front desk know. And I was like. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, like, I, I, I ain't built to be no Alabama already. No, <laughs> I, I could not do that. I was like, so like, we can't room people together if they like have a different assigned at birth gender, but man's can whole ass bring his gun. It's not it, babe. Divorce. It's not it. It's not it at all. I'd like like to be. I'd like to tap out. (laughs) Anyway, back to Akena. Yeah, sorry, babe. I think that you. One, it's not a bad thing to check up on people. So maybe you just have to do a reframe of your brain kind of thing of like, I check up on this person. And I don't really need to, but it's just like a cute little social media thing. Because it's not a bad thing. There's people that I have no relationship at all when I see them post on Instagram because I like their aesthetic or whatever. I'm like, okay, let me go and peruse their recent posts that I maybe have missed because algorithms suck and you don't see everybody's shit anymore. You have to go find it if you want to see it. Um, but yeah, I think that you're you're valid either way, whatever you decide to do. Yeah. Okay, on to the next one. This person is asking, why do I get left out of all of my friends' social gatherings? What do you want to name them? Mm-hmm. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, either or? Mm-hmm. Farah. Farah. I don't remember. I do. Oh, wait, no. She was only on for like three episodes. But I remember mm-hmm. she was a new girl in a mid-season. And then she was gone. But she just didn't talk. Yeah, work Farah. <laughs> Farah <laughs> says, like, why am I left out of all of my friends' social gatherings? I invite them to do stuff with me, and they have my contact info for whenever they want to hang. But they never reach out. It's always me. And I usually see them getting invited to do stuff by my other friends. I hate to be paramo- paranoid or even FOMO, but what should I do? Actually, we're not doing this one. I take it back. Okay, sorry, I sucked Farah. it right back up. Because there's no information there at all. <laughs> Nobody no. can help you. No, I mean you know somebody could do. probably help you, but <laughs> Reddit cannot help you because you do not give any information. I'm so sorry. Am I okay? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There was another good one that I saved that I wanted to do. Okay. Okay. No, maybe I saved bad ones. Maybe I'm a liar. Okay, this one might be interesting. I'm gonna call this person Finn. Oh <gasps> yay. Finn says, I'm getting married. How do I stay focused and positive? Well, my life has done a complete 180. I'm happy to be getting married, and I have no worries about my significant other. We were going to do a simple court wedding and dinner, but that has now turned into a backyard wedding. More effort, cake, decorations, etc. It'll be a small group, 7 to 10 friends and family of my fiancé. However, I'm a bit saddened because no one I know, family slash friends, will be there. Anyhow, still so much left to do. I have a bit of anxiety. But still, I am looking forward to tomorrow. Just wishing I had support. So send me your best wishes or advice. I'm used to celebrating big events and milestones quietly and alone. But this is different. 
Much appreciated. Oh my god. Sweet First baby all, Finn. First of all, congratulations that you have found someone that you enjoy so much that you no longer feel you have to celebrate quietly and alone. I'm yeah. so happy and proud yeah. of you. Second. Uh, congratulations just in general. This is nice. I'm so sorry you don't have support, but I mean, I don't know you, but I would be there if you asked. I think go. The, the beautiful thing about weddings, though, or what can be the beautiful thing about, like, marriages in general is that it's kind of like this bonding of two worlds and kind of that kind of thing. <laughs> and so maybe your um, partner's family and friends can slip into your life and start being your chosen family as well. I think that, that would be really sweet. Um, this episode is going to come out after your wedding. So I hope it went well. I hope you stayed um, present, you know, because this is like one of those moments where like being present makes it better. Um, I hope you cried because I like it when people cry at weddings. I hope that you had, I don't know, I feel very strongly that people have those moments where they're super aware that they're in the moment. Mm -hmm. So I hope that you had that moment when it was like all kind of like mellowing out and people just before people were leaving and you were just content and happy. Yeah. I hope you have that moment and I hope that you can think of it and it warms you up and you, when you're sad again, you can feel it like fully and not just like remembering how it felt mm-hmm. and you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I want for you. Yeah. And I hope that if the two of you want to have a big family, that that is what you get. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I know a lot of people who grew up, not maybe not a lot of siblings or not a great relationship with their family that end up wanting to be parents and having that like really cute relationship with their family and stuff. And I think that that would be cute for you. I would love that for you. Mm. I hope you're doing, I hope you're doing great Finn. We miss you already. Oh, heartwarming. No more heartwarming stuff. It's time for am I the assholes? The first one. And it's quite ridiculous. It's quite ridiculous, bro. Wait, wait. Okay, if it's ridiculous, can we please name this guy Mike or Lady? Sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I still single-handedly despise that man. Really? I like Mike. Just, how are you going to act that way, bro? I liked Mike. Well, I liked Mike once Mike was with Priscilla. Okay, Priscilla deserved better. And I stand by that. <laughs> True. They're not even together anymore, sadly. Of course not. <laughs> She's smart. <laughs> I think I was just happy to see, like, an African, like, couple where it was, like, an African guy and an African girl and they weren't, you know, outside of mm-hmm. outside of that. That was cute to me. Their little dance that they did in the, da- in the performance episode. Yes. Okay, that, was, that cute. was super cute. Okay. Anyway. Am I the asshole for going off on my brother over a Sonic the Hedgehog mascot? Mike asks. Get ready. (laughs) I homeschool my daughter, and my brother doesn't agree with it, and has said on so many occasions. He thinks that homeschool children don't get any socialization. It's fair. Fair. He will say this regardless of the fact that my daughter has been in soccer since age three, is a green belt in karate, and is a literal social butterfly. She has made many friends. Okay, shut him the fuck up. 
Lately, his anger about homeschooling has been ramping up because our mother has started standing up for me when he begins to his rant behind my back. She has told him multiple times that she is proud of me and that my daughter is excelling wonderfully. He gets irrationally angry and has begun finding any reason to hate on it. Two weeks ago, he asked me to take my daughter to a carnival with his three children. I let him take her there. Everything seemed fine. And I even got to see videos of the carnival and my daughter even volunteered to go on stage for a magic shoe. A magic shoe? that Magic show. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry, Mike. I didn't mean to call you out like that. I'm so sorry. I was just really confused. I was like, what is a magic shoe? But you meant to say magic show. I'm so, so sorry. For a magic show that they had. Here comes the ridiculous part. About a week ago, my mom was visiting his house and my brother once again, behind my back, brought up homeschooling and socialization. He proceeded to say to my mom that my daughter needed socialization skills badly because she is still scared of a Sonic the Hedgehog mascot. I know many people that don't like mascots or clowns, but somehow she needs to she needs help, according to him. Am I the asshole for blowing up and not wanting him to take my daughter anywhere until he quits judging a child in our parenting? I don't judge the way he parents his children or keep a sheet of all of the stuff they do when I babysit them. It's at the point where I'm so angry and I don't want to speak to him. I might also add my nephews will frequently come over and the five-year-old brought up homeschooling to my daughter and said stuff that he clearly heard at home. Like, I go to a real school where I can have a lot of friends. That's the Okay, end. I'm confused as to why the fair part was included. Was it to, like, prove that she socialized or for her uncle to socialize her? That's a good question. Let me reread and see if if that context is shown. Um, Regardless, I also no, yeah. I'll I think I think that's why. I think that's I think that's why. I think he wanted to prove that there has been a situation where the uncle saw her in public being social. Okay, I'm gonna be like honest right here and right now. If I become a mother. And God forbid I am financially able to do so. I think homeschooling at least portions of time would be really ideal. Mm. Yeah. But also, first of all, I don't have the patience. I do mm. not have the monetary ability. And also, I don't have the education. Right. I would rather send my child somewhere where someone who is qualified to look after them and explain those things to them is going to be there and able to help them. Right. So, I I don't know. I think homeschooling in some regards is really good. And, like, going to public school is in others is better regard. But also, like, can't y'all just let people be people? Yeah. People make choices for their kids in terms of schooling that makes much that makes the most sense for their family. For instance, yeah. if I were married to someone who was like maybe has like a brilliant education background or a brilliant childcare background, and I kind of have a childcare background too, and there's a situation where one of us can work and the other person can stay home, I think that it could be beneficial for homeschooling in those situations, especially in the country that we fucking live in, bro. Oh, but amen. I personally also, you know, when I was growing up, we would always say people in my family, people on TV, all that kind of stuff. People would always say like, oh, public school is really important because it teaches like, you know, like real life interactions and stuff like that. 
But as I get older, I'm like, do I want to have kids if I can't avoid, uh, if I can't afford to either homeschool or send my kids to private school? I'm like, exactly. do I want to have kids if I can't give them the best possible education? Because I don't want to have to be fighting with y'all bitches about banning books. I don't want to be fighting mm-hmm. with y'all bitches about gender-neutral restrooms. I don't want to be at the PTA meeting. I want to send my kids to a school where I know they have the funding and they have the scruples to keep my kids safe and also to give them the education that they deserve. Also, like, I wholeheartedly believe that public school is not, like, it's not, like, to socialize kids and teach them all the rules. 100% it is to force them to learn how to conform to Mm -hmm. society. Mm -hmm. Because I don't like, I I have an office. I like my desk, but only for a few hours at a time. I need to go to the outside. I can't do that. I cannot imagine asking a person... Because that's what kids are. They are small people with the same amount of feeling as a big person. All right? There's not enough space for all that to bounce around. They haven't regulated yet. I cannot imagine asking somebody small to, like, sit at a desk for eight hours with maybe 30 minutes of movement time to go Mm -hmm. and, and, and to be normal and, like, just be perfectly happy. That's not how that works. Like... You need to give them other things. They can't just sit down and consistently work. Most people can't do that. I mean, people make jokes all the time about how they're like, I gotta entertain myself at the office. Huh, imagine that. Why you gotta entertain yourself while you're sitting at your desk where you're supposed to be for eight hours all the time? Hmm, I wonder why. why. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Mr. Mike, I don't think that you are the asshole at all. Not even slightly the asshole. I do think your brother is a little asshole, a ha- little asshole esque. Mm-hmm. Not even a little, very asshole esque. Because I, th- <sighs> there's just boundaries. You know what I mean? You could mm-hmm. think thoughts and not verbalize those thoughts. Especially not in front of children. Mm-hmm. Like their needs. Children who have really a very feel- close relationship with the child that you're talking about. If you feel like you need to have your big kid conversation, like you feel like you have to have your big kid words out in the open, close the door. Yeah. Do it elsewhere. Yeah. And do it direct. And if the if the conversation's over and you didn't get an answer you like, deal with it. Right. I would also take this as an opportunity to talk with your daughter um, mm-hmm. and just make sure. I know maybe not, not all parents are about this, but I, I think that because there's going to now be this perpetual thing in your family about whether or not this is a good idea that your daughter is homeschooled. I think constantly checking up on her about how she's feeling about the homeschool situation is also important. Because if maybe she makes a really good friend at soccer that talks about public school, and at one point she gets interested in the possibility of going to a public school or going to a charter school or whatever, I think that that's fair to be open to that. Even if it's like the best thing for you, I also think that you should be open to the possibility of changing it if your daughter is interested in that or if... I don't know, maybe a school opens up that caters to a specific skill that she has. And she's like, ooh, I want to be a part of that. You know what I mean? I think you should yeah. still be open. I don't think that you should be so gung-ho about, mm, this homeschool thing is working, that you close your eyes to the possibility that it doesn't work just because your brother is an asshole. You know? Yeah. Also, like, mm, in case you're listening to this, Mike, there are ways to integrate your kid into public school, and I would encourage you to find them. 
Mm, now yeah. you can't say that you don't know that information if you listen to this podcast. You don't get to, you don't get to not look for them, so that you can be right and fail your kid out of public yeah, school. Yeah, true. Just, just, just letting you know, Mike. True. Because there's even like I don't know, there's like clubs and stuff that you mm-hmm. that you could be a part of, like through the school, through schools, like different things that your daughter can participate in through schools that I think. Would be beneficial. In summer school, you summer school, yeah. Summer camps, summer school, school. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you know, it's less time, but it it's like getting used to it. It's like when you wake up your body, like when you, two mm-hmm. weeks before school starts, you start waking up at the times you're supposed to, so you can mm-hmm. get used to it. That yeah. type of deal. Yeah. I just I get very upset with people when they do weird things to ensure that it goes their way or the outcome is proof of what they said right yeah you gotta learn to be wrong every once in a while yeah or not even wrong but to be open to things to change you know because mm-hmm. just because homeschool is working now does not mean it's always going to work for your child exactly like your um, kid, the whole point of you doing homeschools because your kid is a person with changing interests they their interests might change yeah precisely okay we'll do one more am i the asshole and then we will wrap up and move on to Daddy of the day. Okay. Where is it? There was another really juicy one. Maybe there wasn't another really juicy one. Okay, well, I guess we'll just do this one. Um, I'm going to call this person Paige. Paige. Because there's multiple pages across the Love Island timeline, and I like most of them. Okay. Really? I only remember one. Well, there's one this season. Anyway. This current season. And I also like her a lot. Okay. Am I the asshole for telling my friend not everything is always about her and that it was all in her head? Oh, no. Not gaslighting. (laughs) Gaslighting. Girl boss. Let's see what Paige has to say. Me and my friend are not from the USA. We live in another country which is fairly religious and closed-minded. Thank you for that context. I feel like people don't always add context of where they're from. And I think that that Mm -hmm. um, is important in a lot of situations of, you know. My friend writes erotica as a hobby, and she had her fair share of creeps. She wrote under a pseudonym. She was doxxed recently by her ex-boyfriend on local Facebook page, and she had some creepy comments, etc. We went to another town for the weekend and went clubbing last night. I was hitting it off with a guy and brought him over, and he greeted my friend and whispered something in her ear. She grabbed my arm and dragged me away to the toilet without a word, which was rude. She told me he was a creep and to not go anywhere near him. But I told her not everyone is a creep and that every not everything is about her. She told me what he said, which could be creepy if you want it to. He knew who she was and assumed we'd do a threesome and was excited. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> to assume that someone wants a threesome with you based on what you know about them on the internet. Anyway. And I told her it's in her head and he was just joking around. I'm going to assume that you were drunk already because this is not a thing a sober person says to their best friend. She called me insensitive, an insensitive asshole, and went to the hotel with another friend and left in the morning. Was I an asshole for that? Yeah, Paige. Yes. Yes, you were. Yeah. Here's my thing, right? When you're going out with a friend, I feel like it's always like... It sucks sometimes, especially if you're super extroverted. But I think if you went out with someone, I think that you are responsible to kind of 
not catered to their feelings, but to be aware to their feelings and aware of their comfort. Because this is your mm-hmm. friend that you came into the situation with, right? Yeah. And like, even even if you wanted to keep on talking to the guy or whatever, you could still do that while also recognizing that your friend is uncomfortable. You didn't even have to say, you're stupid, this is in your head. You could have said, mm, yeah, I can understand how you might perceive that as creepy. We'll stay away mm-hmm. from him, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. Also, okay, here... As a woman, if I, obviously I don't have a pseudonym, I don't write, but if I had chosen to go by a different name, just so I could get my writings out, but like not have it on my person, and then someone docks me, and then this guy shows up at a club, and knows who I am, but he's into my best friend, and just assumes that something is going to happen, first of all, don't touch her. That's weird. You're creepy as shit. But now I'm going to have her location and I'm going to watch you the whole time. Right. Girls yeah. should be vigilant, but I'm going to be smelling her drink. I'm going to be, you will not catch me drinking anything now because I'm watching her. You're weird. And I'll deck you in the face if you do anything, anything close to weirder. Because how are you going to look me in the eyes and tell me, I know who you are. I know what we're going to do. Okay. This is not one of my novels. You are not cute enough. True. Maybe you might be an eight, but now you're a zero. Now you're a zero. <laughs> he's a ten, but he's creepy and assumes you want to have a threesome. Zero. Zero. <laughs> Generous. Point five. Point five. And you want to know why you earned that point five? Well, how you earned that point five? You walk away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it you... might also... Go ahead, Sydney, sorry. It might also just be because I'm aggressive when I get into clubs. It's like I'm I I'm a sizable woman. Like I I'm I'm big. I go to the gym. Like I lift and most of my friends are quite tiny. Like they are smaller, faster, like the thing is is like I don't know, man. There have been too many creeps and too many weird men hanging around and doing weird stuff to each of my the girls in my friend group that it's like, mm, just the sight. Like, if I catch your eyes and then I catch them again, you're on my radar. You're right. now a problem, capital right. P. So, like, just speaking to me like that. Now you're now you're a capital P problem, and I'm about to handle it. Right. So like, maybe that's just that talking, but also, how you really thought that a girl was gonna be into that? What if she just wants you to herself? Now you lost. Now you lost. Sucks to suck. Sucks. To and suck. you deserved it. Yeah, but like the guy is a creep, but then you're you're worse, Paige. Sorry, because you're the person who actually is friends with this person. And you're acting like she's crazy. And she's not crazy. That's a total... Even if all of this other shit was not part of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, like, a valid thing to be uncomfortable with. Yeah. It's even, like... I guess it would be even weirder with the the author thing. Like... Yeah. Or I guess without the author thing. Because, like, how do you know who I am? Yeah. Yeah. Outside the author thing, how do you know that, buddy? Hmm. Yeah. Stalkerish, maybe? Mm-hmm. Question mark? Don't assume that anybody wants to do anything with you based on how they perform or are perceived on the internet. Or at all. Don't assume. Don't assume. You need consent, baby. 
people you use their verbal words, consent or they use their sign language or they use whatever way that they communicate to tell you mm-hmm. exactly what they want and if they do not communicate exactly what they want then you cannot assume what they want consent can only be enthusiastic baby 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 <laughs> and we're gonna end oh. on that message and take a little break and when we come back we're gonna do daddies of the day Welcome back, everybody. We are in the final segment of the show, Daddy of the Day, the segment where we give love, thanks, appreciation to the men in the world and in our lives who we think are okay. Not bad. <laughs> Not, Not bad. bad. You're doing Not adequately. toxic and terrible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> if you have a daddy that you would like to share, I always give this offer. Nobody bites it. And you're a listener and you want to share a daddy that we don't mention, send it the same way that you would send... Um, a question in you could send us a daddy that you want us to talk about and uh yeah how many daddies do you have this week sydney i have three i also have three that means we could do the back-to-back the tit for tat thing cool i'm gonna go first this episode is coming out i want to say on either the fifth or the sixth i don't know but either way it is the week of america and um fuck the fourth of july um but Actually, fuck this person too, but in a different way. I would like to give my first daddy of the day to Steve Rogers because, (gasps) woo, Chile, I love me some Steve Rogers. And a lot of people are haters, right? A lot of people don't like him. He's too vanilla. He's too boring. Mm -hmm. He's too altruistic. But here's what Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you. In a world of very open-ended things where people can be as good as they want as bad as they want i think it's really important to have characters who are plainly good absolutely you're plainly good and especially good to jewish people and especially Uh good to people who need support and help and i think that there's a lot of comics that kind of dive into um captain america and how he really represents America in a better way. And I like that. And I'm always going to hype up Paragon characters because I think we need more Paragons in the real world. That's why I bully Denton so much because he is a Paragon. And I like that about him. <laughs> and I want him to stay that way. Um, uh, love Denton. He, I love Denton He can too. be the next Steve Rogers. If he really he wants could. To be. He really could. Speaking of Paragons, I just started reading um, the new... I guess I'm just... Well, no, I don't know if I want to... You know what? I was going to tell an anecdote, but I'm going to save it. So we're not going to tell it. I'm going to retract it. I just really love Steve Rogers. Chris Evans' playing of Steve Rogers I really enjoy. And I also really enjoy a lot of the comic and animated um, versions of Steve Rogers. I actually have a character design of Steve Rogers that I quite like (gasps) for my Avengers AU that will come out eventually i'm actually making actual steps toward making a webcomic now so yes, yes i'm trying to commit to it and hopefully by next year that could be a thing is it go ahead i'm sorry i'm like torn between not giving away too much of what i know about your no, just go for it okay. i can edit it out if anything is it the teen mcu marvel stuff yes it's serious? like okay it's college aged mcu characters it was teen when i first came up with the idea in high school because Mm -hmm. i was a teen but 
after going to college and also just taking in so much media, I know that college-aged characters are a very underrepresented group. And also, I think it would be easier to do a lot of the things that I want to do in the story if they're college-aged. Think, like, in Monster Prom, how the crazy shit that happens in Monster Prom couldn't Mm -hmm. happen if they were actually teenagers. Yeah. Same thing here. So I decided to just make them college-aged instead. Also, I'm so glad... My boyfriend is really into the Marvel universe, and mm-hmm. I've never, like, I like I watched some stuff with you, but like I never had that ability to like get into it. So I feel, I feel like Sydney of the past before the Marvel wouldn't would have been like, oh yeah, Steve Rogers, he seems cool and he's pretty. He's he's played by Chris Evans. He's half yeah. dentist. Yeah. But now I have like a real appreciation for him, and I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah, he really is a great character. He's pretty rad. He's a cool mm-hmm. guy. Okay, He's so that's my first daddy. On to you. Okay, following the fictional daddies theme, I know we talked about this. All my daddies are fictional. Um, I want to start off with a shout out to my fans that play Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh yeah, work. Because Dudu is the ultimate man. <laughs> we love to do. We love to do in this I house. I love to do. I was playing. I don't know how I did this. I really hurt my own feelings. But I was doing a run and post, uh, I don't know. Time eh, skip? Post time skip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I, the game has been out for like two years. So we can talk about the time skip. So. Okay. I just don't want to hurt people. I don't want to hurt people. <laughs> no. Anyway, post time skip, I had like gotten to a point where I was like so excited and like had unruined things for myself. And then something happened to my Switch and that whole run was gone, and I was heartbroken. But now I'm doing it and doing it better, even better than before, and Dudu's still my number one man. Casual, because I cannot live the chaotic lifestyle. (laughs) Is it hard? Is casual hard? No. So in casual, if your students fall in battle, they will still make, like, they will still have a life at the end. But, and you could still use them, or no? not in the battle anymore um they lose out on the experience points but you still get to have them in like they're still alive in the world Mm -hmm. oh i didn't know that Mm -hmm. it's nice it's very nice Mm -hmm. i still try not to kill them because i do want them to class up and that like battles are the easiest way for them to level up in places and like if they're using certain weapons but um yeah i just can't i can't live like that (laughs) i am simply incapable fair and it's already a fictional game, so like, why would I, why would I try to add realism to fiction? No, right. thank you. I personally like the deaths because it it does get me to replay the game. Like, it makes me mm-hmm. more excited about replaying the game. Like, people who died in my first run, my second run, I'm gonna recruit them even if I'm on a different like path because I'm like, they didn't get to live out their life. Let me see if I can get them to live out their life this time. That's fair. someday when I'm a, a more experienced player gamer yeah i will do such a thing how and ever right now it's uh, not it's not the vibe can't do it (laughs) (laughs) i just am capable i'm not capable fair okay my second daddy um is another fictional character who i really 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 love um the new season of umbrella academy just dropped and if you know me you know i love me some juicy juicy umbrella academy because i just love (laughs) stories about families that look different 
And it's a really traumatic show. For context, for people who haven't watched Umbrella Academy, it's basically about this group of kids, or they're adults now, but when they were kids, they were all recruited from across the world um, and brought to this academy to train together to be superheroes um, for this old crotchety man named Reginald Hardgreaves. And he was basically their dad, and they had a robot mom, and he numbered all of them, so... There's a ranking in the family based on your number and they all have different powers and it's really it's like really great commentary on family dynamics and also all kinds of other stuff it's really fun really wacky and fun and crazy and time travel and a lot of stuff happens in the show but anyway diego who is number three is one of my favorite characters and every season i think you know because there's a lot of a lot of plot stuff characters grow and change i always think maybe my favorite character is going to change but diego's always doing something that makes me really relate to him i think he's just he has like this really tough exterior but you can see the child in him like you can see this person who just wants his dad to love him you can see this person who really wants to be number one even though he knows he'll never be number one you can see this person who genuinely cares about his siblings, even if he tries to not show that he cares about his siblings. And I think in season three, I feel like you finally see like the truest form of Diego. I feel like he's pretending a little bit less and he's being a little bit more real. Um, for those of you who know, one of the main characters is played by Elliot Page, who recently transitioned. And mm -hmm. this is not really that spoilery because what would you expect, right? But his character... Um, previously known as Vanya in the show, is already was already kind of the outcast of the family. And this season, and you know they've grown, they love each other a little bit better now. But this season, Vanya transitions and wants to be called Victor. And there's a scene where the first person that Victor comes out to are his brothers, and he walks in, and he had just gotten his hair cut, and everyone's like oh nice haircut but like there was something bigger happening basically or whatever and diego calls victor vanya not knowing and victor just says yeah, yeah it's it's victor now and they all just kind of stare at him for a second and then he's like is that going to be a problem for anyone and diego's like no let's chill moving on to this bigger issue <laughs> that we're dealing with right now <laughs> like we love this for you but also like the world is ending <laughs> and i just I it's very that. sweet it's it's a very sweet season it's there's some choice stuff that happens this season but the writing of the characters individually and the relationships between the characters are always very good and i just really love diego spoiler alert spoiler alert i'm gonna say this because it's part of the reason why i chose him as a daddy diego is kind of a dad in this season kind of <gasps> and it's like really sweet his dynamic with his kind of son is really sweet and i really respect it it's like he purposefully goes in it's dropped upon him he wasn't expecting it, but he's like, well, fuck, my dad sucks. I'm not going to be like my dad, so we're going to figure this shit out. And it's great. We love that. We love it when dads step up. We do love it. Okay. Um, my second daddy of the day is like, I guess it's not really like your like childhood fictional daddy. It like I read these books when I was probably early high school. And, like, the Chronicles of Narnia will always be, like, my number ones. But, like, this guy in this book, his name is Jem Carstairs. 
he's part of the Clockwork Chronicles. They're by Cassandra Clare. It's like the mm-hmm. Mortal Instruments universe, essentially. It's in that same universe? Mm-hmm. Except um, the Mortal Instruments, those, the, the books that are about That's those like Shadowhunters, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Those are the descendants of the people in the Clockwork Chronicles. So, like, Clockwork mm. Chronicles takes place in, like, 1800s, early, early 1800s. Mm. And then Shadow Hunter Mortal Instruments era, that's like present day, essentially. Work. So, Jem Carstairs, mm, beautiful man. Um, so, he was, his, his parents ran um, the like, oh shoot, I forgot what the capital city it was in. Long story short, his mother and father are of Chinese descent. Mm-hmm. And they ran the Shadow Hunter complex in the biggest city, um, where like the most Shadow Hunters were. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this demon somehow gets past the wards in that church, or like that's basically what they are as churches. Um, and Jem is like five. This demon essentially kills his parents and feeds him this drug. He's basically like giving this five-year-old baby like little bits of cocaine. But it's, like, demon cocaine. So, like, it's gonna eventually kill him. And then, and, like, posing as, like, he's just taking down this Shadowhunter complex. Long story short, uh, other Shadowhunters come and save Jem. um, But they have to relocate him because this demon is still out in the world. Mm. Um, And also, he's a baby. So he needs to be with kids his own age. And he needs to learn how to run a complex because he is the natural child to go into his parents' footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, so he go, he's sent to London where there's like all these little shadow hunter kiddos. And the London one is essentially like this little orphanage basically for shadow hunter children. Um, and so he meets Do they have little Will. tattoos as babies still? Not yet. Okay. Um, so they have to, they get their marks when they like learn to battle and whatnot. So, okay. um, I know shit about shadow hunters. Look at me. Mm. Ooh, look at you. Um, so he meets Will. Will is his best friend and Will is like your average, like meathead. I'm perfect at my job. You can't get to me. You won't hurt me. He's Welsh. He's a Welsh boy. Oh, I love Welsh boys. Um, mm-hmm. And Jem is like this, like sad Like, well, he's not really sad. He's actually the happiest, the brightest, sunshiny person ever. But he's, like, kind of broken and very shy. And they are the grumpy and sunshine trope. Like, Will takes one look at him and he's like, that, it's mine. That's my best friend. Anyone comes near him, I'll kill you. And they fall in love with the same girl. Mm. As you do. Except they both, like, they love each other enough that they're like, I don't understand what's going on. Not with her, not with us. Please don't leave me. They're also a pair of body, which is like, um, they have a blood bond between the two of them, Jem and Will. Mm-hmm. So they are bound to each other. They're brothers forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just, the reason why he's my daddy of the day is because he got an ending, a sort of ending that I don't think he deserved. Mm. I felt like he deserved better. But... Also, in the same vein, like, if he was a real person, it's very obvious that this is the ending he would have wanted. Mm. If anybody ever wants to read it, that is that is a hard stop for me. I'm not going to spoil that one. It's like, it's a good ending, but it just, like, I felt like there should have been more. He mm-hmm. deserved more and better. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I got. Work. <laughs> Shout out Jim. <laughs> Shout out Jim Carstairs. Mm. My last study of the day is from a video game that I have been playing um, called The Quarry, which is really, really, really fun. If you've played Until Dawn, it's by the same people who made Until Dawn. So it is a horror game. Teenagers slash young adults running from whatever the boogeyman is of the game. And uh, in this game, I don't want to spoil what it is because it's really well done how you don't really expect what the boogeyman thing is until you find out what it is. And it's mm-hmm. artistically really done. Because I think if they advertised it being what the what the the bad thing is in this game, what the dangerous thing that we're scared of is, I think people wouldn't take the game as seriously. And I think even though the thing is very pop culturally unserious, it feels mm-hmm. serious in this game. I'm very scared of this thing in this game. Anyway. Okay. That was really ominous. I love it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but basically, it's about these um, camp counselors who, the day that they're supposed to leave, um, the kids just got sent off, and they're supposed to leave for their camp counseling. Um, their car breaks down, so they can't leave. And the camp counselor guy, like the leader guy, is really stressed out about this. He's like, what the fuck? No, we need to leave. We need to leave today. And they're like, dude, chill. We'll just stay another night. It's fucking summer camp, bro. And he's like, no, everybody stay in the fucking house. I'm going to go figure this shit out. Everybody stay in the fucking house and we'll leave in the morning. And he drives away in his car that is working. And the kids, um, you know, stuff ensues. Craziness ensues when they stay the night. So he was right to be scared. Um, It's a really good game. And again... When you realize what's happening is so good. So that's why I'm not saying very much. But there are cute gay storylines in this game that I have never successfully accomplished because people died when I played the first time. But the second time that I'm playing, I'm going to really try to make sure that some gay happy endings happen. Um, And one of the characters in this gay happy ending is played by, I think his name is Justice Smith. He's in a lot of shit. Tall, lanky, skinny, light-skinned black man who is in a lot of shit. But he's he's really good in this. His voice is so deep and enjoyable to listen to. And he plays this little um this little podcast nerd. He listens to these uh horror podcasts. And so he's kind of like, you know, open to the idea of the crazy stuff that's happening in this in this game. And he has a little bit of flirtationship with this other male character named um I don't remember his name. But I really enjoy <laughs> Justice's character named Ryan. I think he's really neat. And it's very rare that I play a horror game or a choose-your-own-adventure game like this where I relate to more than a few of the main characters. Like I, That's why I was so frustrated with my first playthrough, because characters that I really related to died. Whereas on Until Dawn, I fucking hated the entire cast of Until Dawn. So no matter who died, I was like, okay, whatever. But this one I'm like really upset, so I'm gonna replay it and try to keep the people who I love alive. Also, Brenda Song plays one of the characters in it, and it's really great. She's also one of my favorite characters, Caitlin, um, who is like the one of the sensible ones. She's like funny and like comedic relief, but when it's go time, when Nick, people are playing around with fucking guns, she snatches guns from them and says, "This is not a toy. We're like, let's take this fucking serious." and it's, it seems that she's probably, like, a military kid or something. That's that's what I placed upon her. 
because she's very aware about guns. She's very aware about like wilderness safety and stuff like that. She seems like someone who has like a good relationship with their father or something like that. Like I really like her character. She's really neat. And she died in my first playthrough and it really pissed me off. <laughs> and this game is so fucking intricate that like I was doing well, right? But because of a choice that I made in chapter two, she died in chapter 10 and there was nothing I could do about it because of a choice I made in chapter two. Like, I, I tried to replay just that chapter and do make different choices, and her fate was already sealed because of a choice I made in chapter two. That hurts my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. It made me really mad. <laughs> Wait, what's that game you used to play? Um, The first one, you remember, like, you had to choose your best friend or the love of your life, and it was the city, and it was the city's fate, or... Um, the one with the two boys. Stranger Things? No, Stranger Things. That's not what it's called. Life is Strange. <laughs> Life, Life is, is strange. strange. That reminds me of that. Yeah, all the Life is Strange games are very good for similar reasons. Life is Strange games have really likable characters. Life is Strange 2 is mm -hmm. so freaking good. I can't bring myself to download any more video games on my... Because I got a new laptop. So I don't want to download mm -hmm. any more games on my computer anymore. Other than Sims, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. but my last laptop got really bogged down by me downloading games on it. So I, I don't want it to be a gamer laptop cause it's not. So <laughs> I want to play life is strange two again. Cause it's my favorite of the three life is strange games. There's a third mm -hmm. one. That's also pretty good, but life is strange two is my favorite because there are so many different endings and not every life is strange game has that range. Um, but yeah, I really like Life is Strange 2. I don't think that it gets enough credit as it should. It should have won like awards and stuff. Like that's a really fucking good game. But it's anyway, it's really cool. It's a really cool one. You could do your last daddy. Okay, so I guess my last daddy is more like two daddies. Ooh, work. I feel like they are like two different faces of the same coin. Work. So shout out to Chala Mbaku. Hey. I like, okay, here's the thing. Like, yes, we have the prince of all of Wakanda, who becomes the king of all of Wakanda, but he has to, like, actively make the choices to, like, reverse what his ancestors have done wrong. Like, yeah. they chose to hide to protect themselves, and he's like, at first it seems like he's going to go along with this. Like, it makes sense to him, which makes sense if you think about it, because he was raised that way. Mm -hmm. He was raised to hide this isn't who we are, like, we don't step outside because it could hurt our people. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, the whole fighting with your, like, cousin who's trying to kill you and uncovering some truths, I feel like that arc into a different paradigm is, like, great. It's great. But I do not think it could have worked as well as it did if M'Baku hadn't stepped up and also made his own choices. True. Like, yes, we see him be an angry, an angry man who is, I don't think he, we ever see him as the prince in the movie, but obviously he had to be the prince at some point of Jabari land in order to be the king now. Like he, in order to lead, at some yeah. point he had to be the successor or the, yeah. the next in line. Yeah, to have watched someone and learned from them. Yeah. Exactly. And so like, if you also are like, this is the big nation and, like, you are a small part that doesn't engage. Like, you also had to have learned why that happened. You And you worship a different god. So, like, obviously, 
there are some major issues, as we see at the very beginning when he fights T'Challa, mm-hmm. and T'Challa chooses mercy and is like, don't make me kill you. Like, I was almost certain, and after doing my own little research in the comics, I was pretty sure that this guy was going to just let him throw him over the waterfall. Because yeah. that's the kind of man that he was. Yeah. And that's how he was raised to be. Yeah. But he chose mercy for himself. And I think that singular decision is what made everything capable of happening. Like, he, right. because because T'Challa saved his life and he chose to let T'Challa not kill him, mm-hmm. he also saved him. And then yeah. when he, you know, gets thrown over and then he doesn't take the herb either. He could have very easily have taken the herb and become the Black Panther, the Black Panther and yeah. done exactly what he needed to do yeah. to save it without him. But he still chose what he chose. And I think... Flip, I just think the flip coin, you know, two faces, same coin. They're not the same man, but they have grown up almost on the same path. And they chose to break it. So it's like, mm, we that love breaking generational cycles. a very astute, scholarly, you know, way to look at Black Panther. <laughs> that I haven't looked at Black Panther in a while. Something fun. I'm really mm-hmm. hoping that M'Baku has a big role in the next Black Panther movie, Wakanda Forever, which is going to be really sad a really emotional movie we all know because chadwick boseman has passed away and they're going to have to that's the elephant in the room is t'challa will also not be a part of the movie in some shape or form Mm -hmm. but i'm really excited for mbaku the mbaku of it all and i'm also really excited that namor from the comics is getting introduced in this film who is basically like marvel's aquaman but he's like a fun cunty Aquaman. He's like really <laughs> attractive and fun. Um, and the person who's playing them, I don't know his name off the top of my head. I'm trying to look it up really quickly. Namor casting. But he's from he's from he's from Latin America. His name is Tenoch Huerta. <gasps> Do you know him? <laughs> yes. What is he from? Is he in stuff? Okay, okay, okay. I want to take you all back to little baby Mimi. Like, okay. Basically, we have, like, American Disney and, like, like old age Mickey Mouse Club. Mm-hmm. He was essentially on shows like that when I was a kid. Aww. So, like, I grew up so he's watching a child him star. grow up. He's basically a Disney star, but, like, make them Española. Cool. So, like... Work. Boom, boom, boom. Also, I didn't realize until, like, so my boyfriend and I are doing, like, the fun, cute, like, finding the stuff out that we haven't talked about yet because we're coming close to our year one anniversary. Mm-hmm. So we're, like, kind of, like, doing all those put-togethers, like, oh, I know this about you, but I don't know this. And so I know all his celebrity crushes, but I guess I never had talked about mine. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize until we were talking about that, but like Winston Duke, he is my celebrity crush. Love Winston Duke. And also like... He's an attractive man. I don't like horror movies, but because he is in Us, I will watch that. It freaks me out, but I'll, I'll watch it because he's there. You didn't watch Us with us when we watched it? Um, no, I did. In... Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, remember? I constantly yeah. was trying to hide between you and the couch. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, mm, I'm done. And you're like, you're not. Sit down. <laughs> but, like, 
he was there. So I was like, I'll watch this. (laughs) So mm, that's an admittance out into the universe. I brought up the Namor thing because I found out, and maybe I'm just going to throw him in as a daddy since you love him. But I found out there's been a leak in the concept art for, um, for Namor and this actor playing Namor. And they've kind of shifted some of the designs. First of all, Namor is basically butt-ass naked all the time. He's always in a Speedo, which is why he's better than Aquaman, because he serves the cuntiness. He serves, he serves body, yaddy, yaddy. He would walk in the body category. He would walk in the sex siren category. He would do it. You know what I mean? But they've added some stuff to his costume that's very much like Aztec Mexican stuff, which is really cool. Which is what I really am enjoying, that it's more than just we're going to cast a brown person. It's like we're going to shift Atlantis as a whole is going to be inspired by this culture, which just kind of goes into the things that Black Panther is doing. And I'm just, I'm glad. I really love Black and Brown Solidarity in general also as well. So I think that's going to just make the movie all the better. And I can't wait to see what it's going to do for the culture because Black Panther was such like a big cultural moment for black people and African people and immigrant black people in general. And so I'm excited to maybe see these two, these two cultures kind of intertwine with this next movie. And also Shuri is like definitely going to be Black Panther. Like I'm pretty sure it's basically confirmed at this point. So I'm I'm very excited. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. It's going to be great. So yeah, we're going to end the episode on that excitement before we before we explode <laughs> into something else. Sydney, is there anything you would like to promote before you end the show? Uh, yes. So I am the newest public relations officer of Ooh. the Marine Science Grad Student Organization Ooh. here at Dauphin Island Sea Lab. Ooh. So if you all could, um, by the end of the summer, I'm going to be building a TikTok not only for the lab, for the grad student organization, but for my independent lab. And these TikTok handles are currently SME Lab, that's for TikTok, and the MSGSO, um, and then underscore D-I-S-L. So if you want to see oyster content and watch me voiceover crab thoughts or just be an absolute hooligan about science, Go ahead and follow that. And if it's hard for you, also just look up Armorel, because that's where it's going to be found. Spelled A-R-M-O-R-E-L. Yeah! Look at her. That's all I got. She's a baddie bee. Uh, (laughs) If you want to follow the podcast, you can follow the podcast at AskYourDadPod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow me... Oh, yeah, yeah. If you want to follow me, you can follow me at HermanJohnDad on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I am nine followers away from 2,000 followers on TikTok, everybody. Nine followers away. Nine followers away. Give me some brand deals, everybody. Give me some followers so I can get some brand deals so I can quit my job. Just kidding. Just kidding. Or am I? (laughs) Okay. That is all. They painted on. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, listen. I am your average native girl. I gotta paint my eyebrows. She gotta paint the eyebrows on, baby. I gotta do it. It's part, it's part of the thing. It's part of the thing. <laughs> See you guys later. Have a good rest of your whatever it Bye. is. Bye.